Hallelujah. So good, so good to worship Jesus. So, last four weeks we've been hearing about the values of a church, and we we, we titled the the series last four weeks. The series is was titled "Expressing uh, Christ Confidently." Amen. You know, and 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 it's been in my heart for a while about. Why, as us as Christians, when we talk about sharing our faith, it, for some people, fear grips their hearts. It, 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 I know believers who have worked in, in offices or, or uh, wherever they work, but they've been uh, a believer, but never told their colleague or their workmate that they're a believer. There's something that's gripping our nation with, with this kind of fear this, uh, for Christians to be camouflaged because of the fear of rejection. Now, I want to say this. I'd rather be rejected by this world than be rejected by God. Because the Bible is very clear. If you deny me, I will deny you. Amen. There's something that's been on my heart and we talked about how do we express Christ confidently? How do we do that? I mean, the church name is expression. That means we've got to express. There's no point in hiding your light in your pocket. There's no point in hiding the power of God within us. The Bible is clear. He says the more, the same power that raised Christ from dead now lives in you. Do you believe that? It's the same power that lives in you. That means, and he also says that we will do far more greater things than, than he has done. Now that's the promise of God. So I've been really searching my heart and I'm saying, God, how come us as a nation, now once upon a time we as a nation, we sent out missionaries overseas. Growing up in India, I've had so many New Zealanders coming to India to preach the gospel. There's so many, so many people, wonderful teachers, evangelists, prophets, and beautiful teaching. It was wonderful. But then, and, you know, and, and when growing up, um, we were taught, back in India, I grew up in India, we were taught that New Zealand was a Christian nation. And I thought, what a cool name to name a city in a nation after the name of God, Christ Church. How cool is that? And yet, when I'm living here and I'm seeing the last two, over two decades that I've been here, slowly but surely, the, the faith and, and the, 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 the sense of God's power within us, it's diminishing within the church. And, and I, I, I keep, I've been praying about this, and I'm saying, God, why is this that the church... It's like we are just really Sunday morning Christians or Christians with a lot of information. We are overeducated and underutilized. Amen. Amen. We got so many opinions, but less conviction. Amen. We got opinion about politics. We got opinion about church. We got opinion about people. We got opinion about how we should run churches. We've got so many opinions, but less conviction out in the world. Why is it that we as believers, now if we believe that the same power that raised Christ lives in us, how can we walk powerless? How can we walk with fear? 
how come we have this we are terrorized on the inside to just to go tell someone about Jesus Christ why and this is my theory on this this is how i think i think for too long churches have been focusing on more sort of charity and a lot of doing you know we do this we do that we do this we focus so much on the doing and we've been talking about it and if you've been part of this church you will hear from us it, it, your being your doing comes from your being amen and if you're not dwelling in god then your doing doesn't really bring much glory to god and so i believe that churches have been focusing so much on the principles of god you know what are some of the principles of god do charity do you know food bank go do community work and um, you know we, we christians we're doing all these things yet we don't have the hope where the bible says that the hope of glory lives in us but we as christians walk without hope and i look around and i'm seeing even my friends that have been serving with pastors that are serving with uh, friends uh, uh, that love jesus they come they serve but they don't they've lost their passion They've lost their spark. There are far more Christians that I know that are more depressed than the world out there. Why? I've been asking myself, and this morning I've got only one point message. Just one point. And I've really been searching my heart. Why us as a church, because when the Bible says, we, when we lay hands on the sick, they shall what? How often do we lay hands on the sick? In his name we will cast out demons. How often do we cast demons out? Some of us Christians, we are so overfed, postmodern Christians, we don't even believe in the demonic realm anymore. We stop believing for the miraculous to take place. We just want to eat the word and understand the word. It's like we read so much about the word, so many principles. And Christians come in, Christians go, they come, they go, they come in. There are so many Christians who are walking hopeless. So many Christians that are walking sinful. So many Christians that have compromised their conviction in God. It's like they've become like Abraham. When God promised Abraham, I will give you Isaac. And Abraham kind of goes, you know, for 25 years of waiting for Isaac, wherever Isaac is, I've produced Ishmael. So when God said, I will bless you with Isaac, he goes, forget Isaac. You know, you know what? I don't know. Just bless Ishmael. Just bless Ishmael. And I think there are a lot of us who have produced Ishmaels through our flesh. We work through our flesh more than the spirit. Amen. We as believers should be the most joyful people on earth. Amen. Not put hype, but true joy. So we've been focusing too much on the principles of God. But what I want to talk about, I've titled it like this. I said, I want to talk about the person and the principles of Jesus. The person and the principle of Jesus. If you don't know how to love the person, and if you go do only the principle, then what you're doing is useless. If you're only focusing on, because we all love doing stuff, right? We all love doing. I love doing. I can't be bothered sitting down. You know, his kiwis, you know, number eight wire mentality. Get on with it and do it. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, we do it in our flesh. 
On Friday, I was talking to a pastor, a friend, and he was saying that, um, you know, God's done so many things through him. He's done so many different ministries and all that. And then God's challenging him and he said, did I really ask you to do those things? I don't want to wake up call. I get asked, you know, when I meet people, how many people are in your church? God is not pleased by how many people there are. God is pleased by how holy you are. Amen. God is not pleased by how many people there are in the church. He's pleased by how righteous are your, is your walk. Amen. So the person and the principle of Christ. The person of Jesus guarantees our eternity with Christ. Amen. The principles of Jesus secure our victory on earth. Okay, the person of Jesus guarantees our eternity with Christ. The principles of Jesus secure our victory on earth. That means we are, we, if you're born again, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that means you're, it's the person, Jesus Christ, the person who died on the cross. Now you accepted him, him as your Lord and Savior. Now he has saved you. Amen. Now, there are principles in the Bible that we follow. Why? Because God wants us to walk as victorious people. Amen. He wants us to be more than conquerors. Hallelujah. And He wants us to be overcomers here on earth. Do you realize there's nothing to overcome on earth, uh, on, in, in heaven? When you get to heaven, there is nothing to overcome. So when he said you are more than a conqueror, is he talking when you're in heaven or on earth? Here on earth. You are more than a conqueror here on earth, but we walk defeated life. Our prayers are quite, can I say, pathetic. And like, okay, God, if you want to heal them, you want to heal them? Well, read your word. He is the healer. Amen. So, person of Christ and the principles of Christ. We focus so much on principles. You know, come to church, do this. Come to church, give this. Come to church. I mean, we talk about that too. But if you don't know the person, what you are following, your principles, mean nothing to God. What is the person? You abide with the person. You dwell with the person. You love the person. You are with the person to be with him, to hang out with him, to be in communion with him, to abide, to be with him. That's the person. If you don't get to know the person, then you're missing out on what he's talking about. In John chapter 14, verse 15, here you will see the person and the principle. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Amen. If you love me, if you love Jesus, that's the person. Amen. If you love Jesus, then obey his principles. What is his principle? Go and preach the word. Now we are quiet. No, pastor, you preach the word. We will enjoy and clap our hands and be happy. It didn't say, pastors, go and preach the word. He said, now you go and preach the word. 
If you love me, you go and look after those that are in need. Amen. If you love me, you will feed my sheep. I know, of course, he told Peter, that's why I'm Peter, so Peter, I'm feeding sheep. No, but if your name is Lionel, if your name is Ron, then God's asking you to feed sheep too. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, then you dwell with people. If you love me, you enjoy the fellowship. If you love me, you will not just put up with people, but you love people. Do you know it's difficult to love people? It is difficult to love people. I cannot love you if I don't know how to love Jesus. A friend of ours who uh, been friends for a very, very long time, she's, she prays for us, for Cara and I. She's our intercessor prayer. And she, every time we catch up with her and her husband, she always says, Cara, I'm amazed how you are still with Peter. <laughs> and I think I have an answer for that because she loves God. She loves me. Otherwise, I'm a difficult person. No. But you see, it's if, as you abide, you remain in Him. You work. If you don't remain in Him, then you're missing out. The, 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 see, the person gives peace. The person gives joy. The person gives strength. Amen. There are so many of us Christians, they're like, oh, man, we're tired. You know, we come to church with quite, quite a... Uh, I'm not. Gen I'm generalizing. I'm not saying necessarily in our church. I'm talking about other people in other churches. You're all perfect here today. Okay. I'm talking about other people. You're all perfect here this morning. But you know, it's like quite apathetic, lack of faith, lack of zeal, lack of passion. If it's mission impossible, we are there early. Amen. But if it is church, uh, yeah, we can go church half an hour late. We become this passionless, this kind of hopeless people. And, you know, we try to work hard and expect that we will walk in peace and joy and strength. But it's not in your working hard. Peace, the Bible says, he is the prince of peace. Who wants peace? You want peace? Be with the person. Amen. Today we, we live in this world. I know Cara a few years ago brought this word. I thought such a good word. Last week she brought a great word too. But a few years ago she talked about empowering and enabling. You know, we enable people. You know, have you met people who talk about their weak and all they do is subtly, quietly, undertone, winch? And complain? And it's like, oh, I've had a terrible week. I had oh, oh, this difficulty, that difficulty, this thing and that thing. And we sit there and go, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. You know, oh, that's why I haven't been to church three weeks. Fair enough. We are enabling bad behavior. Amen. I want to share a few scriptures on what I'm talking about. Because a lot of us Christians, we, 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 if we want peace, if we want joy, if we want strength, you get that not by attending church. Although the Bible says attend church is the principle. Hebrews 10.25, don't neglect the assembling of the brothers and sisters, especially as the day 
is approaching. Amen. The more you stay away from fellowship, the less accountable you and I are. There is safety in accountability. Amen. You're all quiet, but that's okay. But I know you're deep thinkers, you're thinkers, you're philosophers, you're thinkers, you know, you're thinking, you're thinking, you're analyzing till you're paralyzed, you know. And, uh, and uh, postmodern church is about thinking. God didn't die so you can think alone. God died so you can think but act. Faith without works is dead. Your clapping is like clanging cymbals. You're jumping and singing. And hype is all clanging cymbals. If you do not have that faith and relationship with the person Jesus Christ. Amen. So I've been, I've been thinking, I want to talk on a few scriptures here. Again, I'm keeping it to the same point. It's the person and the principles of Jesus. We rather do the principles of Jesus than the person of Jesus. Once again, before I get into this, I was talking to somebody, uh, not talking, I was journeying with someone a few years ago, and um, one day they put a large amount of money in the church account. And that kind of raised an alarm bell in me. And I go, who? why are you doing that? A lot of pastors say, yeah, bring in your money. And I'm kind of going, why did you put in so much money? I was told, I don't know the amount, but I was told there was quite a lot of money. But they were doing that because they were living a sinful life. And because they're rid with guilt, they, they, they're trying to buy peace and buy God's favor by giving money. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Now, I grew up in a very traditional church. Um, it's a, a high Anglican, very traditional church. And um, for no reason, they would start fasting. It's like as though if you fast and pray, that you, it's like twisting God's arm to get what you want God to do for you. They don't have a great relationship with God, but they'll fast. It's a, it's a deception. You can't just fast for the sake of fasting if you don't have a relationship with God. If you don't have a relationship with God and you're fasting, it's called intermittent fast. Wherever Shannon is, he would be happy to hear that. You're just trying to lose your belly fat. Hey, Shannon. Follow his Instagram. He'll talk about three lies on fat, losing fat. And I want to talk about three truths about gaining faith. <laughs> Not really. But, but, but you see, it's, um, when you fast, I actually asked the Lord, I said, Lord, do I fast and pray? Do you want me to fast? When I was working in a Bible college, uh, I'm not mocking, but it's amazing. If you know some Korean people, they're amazing prayer warriors. Koreans know how to pray. You, wanna, you lack faith in praying? Hang out with some Korean people. You know, and they can pray, man. They can pray. And so when I was in Bible college on staff, we had this Korean group that used to go into um, uh, the prayer room and they'd pray all hours of the night. And so one evening, 
we've just had a baby first child silvana and these two korean uh, 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 people a couple going into the prayer room and said hello pastor muksanem are you coming for prayer i said and i was being cheeky but i said ah oh, i don't want to disturb god you know and she was so shocked to hear that she's like what you don't want to disturb but why would you disturb god anyway what i'm trying to say that was humor but what i was trying to say is that we don't pray to twist god's arm amen anyway this is what i was thinking about acts chapter 3 verse 4 acts chapter 3 is about peter and john walking by gate beautiful and they see a man who is begging and this man is begging and uh, he's been begging since his childhood since his, since he's been born and he's been begging and he's making decent amount of money he gets carried every day and put at a, 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 a perfect place where the foot traffic is a lot of foot traffic and he's begging and he's begging for money there are some translations that says he's asking for arms but he ended up getting legs anyway yeah so uh, and so he's begging and so he's begging for money and peter and john now they're walking and so as they're walking they look at this man quite intently and he's saying who i've locked you in now hey sir give me some give me 50000 you know i don't have legs give me 50000 is begging for money but peter and john look at him and they look at him intently you know if if there was somebody who had a financial problem in our society today what we do is hey sit down blind man let's say the blind man sit down blind man or lame man or the beggar and let me pull out my laptop excel sheet how much do you beg every day okay so how much do you we put a budget for him so that and we give him some good ideas put a instagram page on how to attract more people to so that he can get more money See we somehow brought worldly standard worldly wisdom into this where in Paul and sorry John and Peter Peter says to the man he says silver have I none gold have I none what I have I give you rise up and walk what's it saying he said look I don't have money but what I have is the power of the most high god living in me I've got the most high god living in me the power of god not wisdom now I'm, i could be a chartered accountant nathan you know i could be a chartered accountant and say here you go balance sheet you know make sure you save some money and tithe from that you know that's all important but what i'm trying to say is he said silver have i none gold have i none what i have is jesus christ what i have is jesus so here is the power of god rise up and walk today as church people we say if someone's sick we would give them chicken soup the first thing we are to do is to pray for them you getting my point it's good to give them chicken soup if i'm sick give me lamb roast amen uh chicken soup no uh but what i'm trying to say is don't give them just the food and walk away and think that was the will of the lord no you pray lay hands on them anoint them with oil and pray and say what i have i give out to you rise up in jesus name see we don't have the power of god because we see how do you get the power of god it's the presence of god it's the presence of god that brings the power of god it's one thing about talking about the politician you know chris luxon or whoever one thing about talking about them it's another thing 
having that person here with you. It's one thing to have the knowledge. It's another thing to have the power of the person of Christ with you. Amen. And a lot of us today don't have the power and we've excused us of, oh, I haven't seen God move. Well, you haven't seen God move because you're not moving with God. Because God is willing to move. God is willing to move. I was here a few Saturdays night. Uh, Trina and a few, few others came and I was working on the sound desk there. Um, and I was doing what I was doing and they walk in and all of a sudden it just as the presence of God comes and you, you just know that God, it's like we've come under the anointing of God and all of a sudden I stop doing what I'm doing and I'm praying in tongues. Why? Because there's something about when you come into and you can bring the presence of God because wherever you go, God is with you. Amen. So he says, Peter and John look at him intently and Peter said, look at us. A lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. But, what, uh, uh, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Amen. The other thing I want to talk about is that was the power of God. And the other thing I want to talk about is partial obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. You think coming to Sunday, on a Sunday, Sunday church, you're doing somebody a favor. But if your tongue is not, you know, the, the, we, we love the gift of tongues. We love speaking in tongues. The gift of tongues. But we don't operate with the fruit of the Spirit. With the same tongue that we speak in tongues, with the same tongue we start gossiping about other people. How is God going to bless us? How is God going to bless us if I'm coming here and praising God and I'm ripping you down, you are my employer, and I'm pulling you down constantly with other colleagues? How is God glorified with that? Amen. Partial obedience is disobedience. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, it talks about Samuel anoints Saul as the king. Now Saul got a mission from God and Saul was asked by God through Samuel to go and kill and destroy the livestock, men, women, children of the Amalekites and including their king, Agag. I think, is it Agag? It is Agag, yeah. Um, and But what Saul does is he kills what he thinks is useless but keeps what is good. He also brings the king Agag back to where he lived. Now God was very upset with Saul. You can read this at home. God was very upset with Saul and he told Samuel that he's going to kick Saul out from being a king of Israel. Why? Saul was not fully obedient to God. He was partial obedience to God. Partial obedience to God. I was talking to a young couple once and they said, oh, we're not having sex, but we're just making out. Well, that's still sin. Now you're all quiet. You know, it, a white lie is a lie. Whether it's a white lie, black lie, yellow lie, brown lie, it's a lie. Amen. Partial obedience is disobedience. 
So then we say, God, I did so much for you, but I don't see the power of God working in me. I don't see the passion arising in me. I don't see the love coming out of me. As though when I gave my heart to you, I was so passionate. Now I'm not passionate anymore. Why? Because I am walking in disobedience. And we say, God, I sacrifice so much. I give so much. I give my time. I give my money. I give, I serve everywhere I go. I'm a good person. But you see what Samuel says here in verse 22. What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I will say it again. A lot of us are willing to sacrifice, but God is saying if obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Submission is a swear word for our society. We don't want to be submitted. We don't want to be submitted. Why should I submit to you? And we move around with people. We will find people who agree with what we do. They are our best friend. Amen? We look for people that agree with our behavior and validate our behavior is right. And they're our best friend. But we don't sit under somebody who says black is black and white is white through scriptures. Although that's difficult. But your submission, obedience is better than sacrifice. That's why we have people who have the same problem. They'd never address the problem. They move from one church to another church. Amen. And they pick on that other church. They stay there for a little while. They move to another church. They pick on that church. But the problem is not the church. The problem is you. Wherever you go, there's the problem. Wherever I go, I am there. If I don't change, that's what I'm saying. Obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering of fat rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshipping idols. Do you know any stubborn people? Stubbornness is as bad as worshipping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, He has rejected you as king. While I'm bringing this scripture out, can I say and ask us, encourage us today, let us obey God. When we obey God, it's so much easy. It's like kids, when, when my kids were little than what they are now, especially Leo, uh, with his food allergies, he couldn't comprehend why he couldn't eat certain types of food while others can eat it. And all we told him is, you just need to obey. Don't reason, just obey because you don't have the power to reason. You just obey because if you eat peanuts, you will see Jesus. Your parents will go nuts. And he goes, but why? 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 How come you eat and I can't eat? Just obey. Amen. Oh, no, no, I need to understand. No, obey. Obey when you understand. Obey when you don't understand. Submit when you understand. Submit when you don't understand. Submit when you like it. Submit when you don't like it. Third scripture. 
Good works don't bring salvation. Neither does it bring favor of God over our lives. If good works are without loving the person. I'll give you an example. I often do this, but I do it again in this context. If I don't love my wife, but then I give her flowers every week, and she knows that I don't love her, but I buy her flowers every week, then she will turn around and say, I can buy myself some flowers. If I don't love her, I buy her flowers, I buy her gifts, they don't mean a thing. They don't mean a thing. If you don't fully love Jesus and be obedient, fully obedient to God, your service means nothing to God. The more you serve, the more frustrated you end up. Why? Because you're not loving the person. If you love the person, you obey his commandments. Amen. But if you don't love the person, even to say hello to people is exhausting. You're like, ugh, I gotta see Shohan again. Oh my God. We're gonna talk about rugby again. Oh, here we go. He's gonna talk about Warriors because Warriors played Friday. Oh, here we go. I'm just picking on him because he knows my heart. You do? <laughs> But you see, when you love the person, here is this person. I'm not judging him. Like, why is he talking more about rugby than Jesus? He should be following Jesus more. I'm being self-righteous and self-judgmental person. Instead of loving him as Christ would love him. Amen. And don't just enable rugby. You can say, brother, rugby was great. But how about Jesus? And how is he going in your life? We do talk about Jesus, by the way. Just letting you know. Shohan does talk about Jesus. He does. So your good works don't bring salvation. Your good works don't make you holy. Your prayers don't make you holy. I was taught how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thou will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I was just a lip service. I had no love for God. I think Jesus was watching cricket when I was praying as a kid. Or rugby. <laughs> Maybe Jesus was talking to Shohan about rugby. <laughs> Matthew 7, 21 says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. I will read that again. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Verse 22. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name and performed many, many miracles in your name. But I, Jesus, will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. Amen. Powerful scripture. What is he saying? 
He's saying, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, because we can all say, oh Lord Jesus, my Lord, you know. You can call my God, oh God, oh God, help me and all the Lord, I've done that. He's saying, no, you're just doing a lip service, but you've never come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? What does that mean? That means that you don't come in here and sing, Lord, I love you, and go out and continue to sin. What is that sin? Walking in unforgiveness is a sin. Amen. I'm talking about the person of Christ and the principles of Christ. We practice the principles of Christ without the person of Christ. What he's saying is, if you say, Lord, Lord, come and be under my Lordship. Yes, I am your Redeemer. Yes, I, I, I gave you salvation. Yes, but now, yes, I'm your Redeemer, but now I want to be your Lord over your entire life. I want to be the Lord of your work. I want to be the Lord of your business. I want to be the Lord of your children. I want to be the Lord of your every prayer thing. I want to be the Lord. Check with me. Sit down with me. Abide with me. Are you, am I the Lord over your life? Over every area. That's why we don't have the power of God manifesting in our lives. We go and we, oh, I've done this for church. I've done that for church. But the church is very ungrateful. Well, why did you do it for people? Aren't you supposed to do it for God? Amen. If you really serve God and do it for God, you will never be hurt by church. As Christians, we will never be burnt out. We will never burn out if our eyes are fixed on God. When we take our eyes off God, yes, we will burn out. But if you fix your eyes on God, you will never burn out. A lot of Christians go, oh, I'm doing too much. I don't want to burn out. Oh, well, what does the Bible say? Oh, no, let my cup runneth over. Are you with me? Let your cup, that means doing more. Let it flow out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Think on these things. So listen to what he says. But I will say, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. What does that mean? Recognizing him as the Lord. Come under the Lordship of Christ. Don't just call him Lord, but make him the Lord of your life. Amen. So the question, is God the Lord of your life? Is he truly, truly the Lord of your life? You know, we can fool people. We can fool people to be Christians. Confession time. I've confessed in the past, but I confess again. Confess again. When I was growing up in a, it was a big church. They had offering bags with long sticks. So the aisle was from this end to that end, one aisle. And they had three aisles like that. And so when they bring this offering bag with a long stick, I looked holy, I talked holy, I smiled holy. Amen. Hello? Am I, you know, we all can look holy, talk holy, smile holy, smell holy. And I, instead of, what I did is instead of putting offering, I put my hand in the offering bag and stole whatever I can get as a kid. Yes, yes, confession time. But Jesus forgave me. Amen. But I did steal from offering. Okay, but thank God for his blood offering. Set me free. Amen. And so um, I've been set free from all that stuff. So what I'm saying that is, if you don't come under the Lordship of Christ, you know, you can fool people to look holy, but you cannot fool God. You cannot fool God. You cannot fool God. 
We say, that's what Galatians 6, 7 says, do not be deceived. There are so many Christians who are deceived. Let me give you an example. Oh, he does it. She does it. That's what? Deception. If she can do it, I will do it. It's deception. It's like my, my, at my house. But dad, he, he did it. She did it first. It's always blame other people. But what I'm trying to say, don't fool yourself. Don't deceive yourself. Amen. Last verse. And this is about being fruitful in the Lord. Because if you love God, your life will be fruitful. Amen. Amen. You will recognize and go, wow, that brother has got full of joy in him. You know, he's got full of joy in him. He's not a miserable man. Joy is what? Fruit of the Spirit. Long-suffering, fruit of the Spirit. Self-control, fruit of the Spirit. As a church, we focus so much on the gifts of the church, but not on the fruit of the church. That's why there are so many pastors that are falling today. They're gifted pastors. They can preach, entertain you, make you laugh, make you cry. Good communicators. They're excellent, excellent. They're charismatic and whatnot. The gifts, fantastic. Fruit, no. So as a church, we focus too much on the gifts of the Spirit, but very less on the fruit of the Spirit. How is the fruit developed? Abide in me and I in you. Amen. I'll read this. And then I'll get the worship team up. In Matthew chapter 7 verse 15, he says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them as by their fruit. That is by the, the way they act. Isn't that interesting? Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit. And a bad tree produces bad fruit. Full stop. In other words, I can teach many things, but I can only produce what I, who I am. Amen. If my default setting is negativity, all I can say, Hey, Tiffany, hello, Tiffany. How are you, Tiffany? You know, I can be all nice, but give me five minutes. It's all negative things coming out because I can teach anything, but I only produce who I really am. I am. I had somebody, when I first arrived into this church, and I'll finish with this, I arrived in this church, and uh, this couple invited me to their house. And um, this is me being here three weeks or four weeks in this church, and this couple invited me to their house, and I went to their house and I'm sitting with this couple and I'm talking and um, the, 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 the husband was sitting quiet and the wife was talking a lot. I thought I'll listen to them. I'm new in this city, new to this church. And then she basically was giving me a Christian profile and portfolio. You know, I've done this, I've done this, I'm so awesome, I'm so amazing. No one like me, you know. I'm the prophetess, I do this, I do that. And I kind of go, and then she's basically saying, if you want me to be in this church, then you need to give me this title. And so I sat there thinking, I'm not a car salesman. 
I'm not going to sell this church like you would sell a car. No. That's why our mission statement is authentic faith, relevant expression. If we don't have authentic faith, please go find another church. But if you're in this church, we will go for authentic faith and relevant expression. So I said to this lovely couple, I said, look, you're welcome to go find another church, but I'm not going to give you any titles because of your portfolio. God brings the titles, God opens the doors, God shuts the door. Amen. If you've prophesied in the past, God bless you. What I'm looking for is the fruit. Do you have the fruit? What is the fruit? Patience. Putting up with people. <laughs> Long-suffering. Oh, but I'm the prophetess, I'm the prophet. Well, good for you. But we need that grace. Amen. So he goes on to say, So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yet just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Isn't that good? We can identify people by their actions. They say they love God, but go, go out dinner with them. Just watch how they drink. And what they drink. How they eat and what they eat. And how they talk and what they talk. You will know how much of a Christian they are. I want to finish with this verse. John 15, 5. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You and I, this is Peter's paraphrased version. You and I are fooling ourselves to pretend to serve God without being with God. My encouragement to you as a church and my role is not to entertain you. My role is to lead us to green pastures with the help of God. And my role is to say God wants us to bear good fruit. Amen. And I pray that you will develop an intimacy with God. Please spend time with God. Spend time with God. It's easy to come to church and go home than to take time and spend time with God. Spend time with God daily. Abide in Christ. Get to know the person. Because when you have the person, you can say, silver, gold, have I none? But what I have, I give that to you. Rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. Walk in the power of God. So as we conclude this morning, as we sing that chorus, Christ and Christ crucified. And as we sing that chorus, I want us to think about it. And I don't want to, after that, we'll sing that song. I'm going to come up and pray. This morning, it's not about altar call. It's about for you to think about this. How much time am I spending with the person of Jesus? Can we stand to our feet? Can we sing that? And as we do that, just con contemplate.